Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, May 19th, and we start with local news. Finding a way to connect to the city's youth with what's happening in their community, while possibly inspiring a few future careers, has been a priority for Columbia Mayor Chas Mulder. In August of 2021, Mulder launched the first Columbia's Mayor's Youth Council. The council's first year, he said, has been one of the proudest moments during his time as mayor, partly because he remembers being a youth and developing an interest in local politics, and that the same desire remains among young people today. The Youth Council recently completed its second year and continues to grow for high schoolers to get first-hand experience on civic engagement, teamwork, decision-making, and developing community projects. We've learned a few things over the last couple of years, one of which is that a lot of other cities have mayor's youth councils, and so we are excited to be on that roster of cities that help bridge the gap, so to speak, with our youth and public service, Mulder said. This council was created not just to be a resume builder, but more importantly, was an opportunity for them to learn about the city of Columbia. Mayor Mulder added that the group is comprised of students from schools all over Murray County, with this year's class featuring 26 participants. When we first started this, we figured it would be mostly Central High School, but we soon learned that we've got students from every high school in the county, Mulder said. We really like that fact as well. Savannah Honia, this year's council president and graduating Columbia High School senior, previously served during the youth council's first year. In addition to her role as president, Honia is also the recipient of the Daughters of the American Revolution Award, the Military Officers Association Award, the American Legion Scholarship Award, the NACI Preparatory Program and Navy ROTC Scholarship, and the University of Memphis's Dean Scholarship Award, the HOPE Scholarship, and a Tiger Success Grant. Honia commented on this year's Youth Council's accomplishments, which included a toy drive hosted at all participating schools. We collected over 600 items of toys, books, and clothes, and then we decided to give them out locally, donate them to the King's Daughter School, Murray County Public Library, the Family Center, as well as the Boys and Girls Club, Honia said. And throughout the summer, many of our members have also volunteered at community service events, such as the Rotary Club's Pancake Day and Litter Cleanup Days to help keep Columbia clean, she said. Mulder recognized the Youth Council with a proclamation, noting that their accomplishments set an example for other young people interested in this, in civic participation. It's worth it what we do to facilitate this, Mulder said, because we try to make decisions and move this community forward in a way that it's a place you all will want to come back to, he said. The Murray County Commission met in early May for a special called meeting to discuss the county's growth rate and the steps needed to move forward in order to sustain the growing population, which has led to a surge of new developments and public services. Commissioners expressed their concern over the General Assembly's failure to pass House Bill 1206 for a second year in a row. Also known as the Property Taxpayer Protection Act, the bill would have allowed local county commissioners to decide how fees should be used to pay for incoming development. The bill, which failed by a 5-3 to three vote in the State House Property and Planning Subcommittee back in March, was lobbied against by both home builders and the Realtors Association. District 8 Commissioner Gabe Howard, who has long been vocal about his support for the bill, said he doesn't trust the process. 
I think we're going to sit through the next year, and the Home Builders and Realtors Associations are going to tell us what to do, he said. This is not about just Murray County, Howard said. This is a detriment to the entire state. Howard floated the idea of an interlocal agreement between the cities of Columbia, Spring Hill, and Mount Pleasant, which would allow the cities to charge impact fees and transfer educational fees back in order to benefit the educational system. Charlie Curtis, executive director of the Tennessee County Commissioners Association, who was one of the guests invited to speak at the meeting, spoke on his own experience as a former county commissioner in White County, in which a similar agreement was passed. As a general rule, the only thing you can do is what the legislature has authorized you to do, Curtis said. But I can tell you for a fact, we did it in my home county, and it worked, he said. Eric Previtti, chairman of the commission, reminded commissioners that a sales tax increase was passed two years ago, but the city of Columbia did not give its portion. Representative Scott Sapicki, who sponsored the bill in the state house, was also in attendance for the called meeting. Sapicki said it's harder to convince legislators to pass an impact fee due to county differences in size and growth. This is a bill that you're going to have to convince somebody who goes back home that they're trying to justify their vote for a privilege tax, Sapicki said. This bill is going to take time. State Representative Kip Capley, who represents the state's 71st district, said there needs to be more of an effort going forward. That committee room needs to be jam-packed, Capley said. We need to organize multiple county efforts with the counties that are represented on the committee. District 8 Commissioner Ray Jeter recommended forming an ad hoc committee to address the legislation. If we have to play their game, let's play their game, Jeter said. In their May 15th meeting, rather, the county commission formed a committee composed of County Mayor Sheila Butt, Commissioner Gabe Howard, Commissioner Ray Jeter, Commissioner Kathy Grodi, and Finance Director Doug Luconan, whose purpose will be to work toward a strategy to convince state legislators and stakeholders that an impact fee is necessary to help cover the costs of education and infrastructure for the fastest-growing county in the state of Tennessee. A Murray County farm will be among four sites considered for inclusion on the National Register of Historic Places during an upcoming meeting. The State Review Board was to meet on Wednesday, May 17th, to examine Tennessee's proposed nominations to the National Register of Historic Places. The board will vote on four nominations from across the state. Those nominations that are found to meet the criteria will be sent for final approval to the National Register of Historic Places at the U.S. Department of the Interior. According to the site application, Haynes Haven Stock Farm sits on the northwest side of Highway 31 between Spring Hill and Columbia and consists of 23 acres. The Haynes Haven House, the Haynes House, was built by then-owner John Haynes in 1938, while other structures are believed to date back to the 1870s, when the property was known as Woodlawn. At its height, the farm was over 1,000 acres in size. The property was once part of Woodlawn, a stock farm established in 1824 by Dr. Spivey McKissick and improved by Lucy McKissick Gibson and her husband, Captain Thomas Gibson. As early as 1860, Woodlawn was known for its fine show and pacing horses, a reputation which continued under the ownership of W.M. Tolley from 1919 to 1936. The property was purchased and expanded by Colonel John L. Haynes in 1936, after which it was renamed Haynes Haven. Haynes' primary goal was the breeding, training, and overall promotion of the Tennessee walking horse. Under Haynes' ownership, the farm gained national acclaim as the home of world grand champion Haynes Peacock, the report reads in part. The farm was purchased by the Saturn Corporation, along with other neighboring properties, in 1985 to allow for the construction of the automotive plant. 
The residence, stone stables, and lattice barn were retained and used as the welcome center for the Saturn facility, with the stone stables converted into an event facility and meeting place. The State Review Board is composed of 12 people with backgrounds in American history, architecture, archaeology, and other related fields. It also includes members representing the public. The National Register Program was authorized under the National Historic Preservation Act of 1966. The Tennessee Historical Commission administers the program in Tennessee. For more information about the Tennessee Historical Commission, you can visit www.tnhistoricalcommission.org. Starting a business can be scary, especially when your business is a video game in the horror genre. That's the case for Spring Hill video game company Duonix Studios, a collaboration between Mark Bynum II and brothers Shawn Michael and Daniel Millard. The three have created what has been titled Ten Dead Doves, a single-player narrative that takes place in the hills of Appalachia. It's a character-focused story. There is a nice dynamic between the main characters, Marcus and Sean, no relation to us, Byram said emphatically. Currently, the game is set for PC, but the three say they would love to have it reach other home-based consoles such as Nintendo Switch, but that would be depending on funding. Luckily, however, to this point, funding hasn't been an issue. The three put up a Kickstarter campaign for a $10,000 goal and met it within 32 hours. They've now reached their second stretch goal of $15,000 as of May 10th. We were worried that the first two weeks might get us $35, and that would be from my mother, Shawn Michaels said. We had no idea what would happen. There was a giant miracle that happened right in front of our eyes, he said. Daniel added, we didn't hit the goal in the first 24 hours, but we did eight hours later, and we were all freaking out, he said. Those funds mean the trio can pay back the costs they incurred to start the business and begin fully preparing for the full launch of the game, which is the next goal. Ideally, the game will launch by the end of 2023, but no later than early 2024, barring any major issues between now and then. A demo of the game is currently available on some digital store platforms. As mentioned, the game is a single-player narrative that chronicles the journey of two friends as they search for the Ant Farm, a mysterious place with plenty of urban legend to pique the interest of any backpacker. As they set out on the journey, the unthinkable happens when their car breaks down, a predictable but practical start to the story. From there, the player, playing as Mark, is able to complete tasks brought upon by a creepy bird-like figure that only appears in their dreams. There are a lot of theories about what the place is, Mark said. Is it a place that makes your dreams come true or an entrance to the underworld or just an abandoned water park that scammed a city council? There is just a huge urban legend in the backpacking community, and they're trying to figure it out, he said. Cheesy, maybe, but plenty of people within the gaming community have been positive with their thoughts on the game. Ten Dead Doves reminded me of why I love weird, low-budget spooks so much. One review from Rock Paper Shotgun reads, One of the most ambitious cinematic indie narratives I've seen in a while. It's, possible, it's impossible not to be charmed by the back and forth between leads Mark and Sean, or by the uncanny yet whimsical way the characters are animated. In other words, the exact slow burn spook factor I've been missing. The report read, The three being neighbors has probably been the best and sometimes worst part of their development as a company and of the game. How does being so close at work and at home work out? A lot of collaboration and a lot of arguments, most of them my fault, Daniel said. But if we had an idea, we could text each other or even burn a copy of the game and walk 200 feet to bring it over to show us. Mark added, 
It made disagreements more fun because we're only 200 feet apart, so you can stay mad, can't stay mad for too long, or avoid it, he said. This is hopefully only the beginning for Duonic Studios. With a successful launch of Ted and Dead Doves, more could be coming from the three. We would love to do more games. I love developing games and creating stories. Daniel loves making music for them, Mark said. Daniel, a trained composer and pianist, created the soundtrack and some sound design on top of some voice acting and a small amount of directing and producing. Mark wrote most of the script and the others would tweak as necessary and Sean would put his personal spin on his lines while recording them for the game. That's where some of the comedy comes out because I had to say things how I would say it in real life, Sean said. I would look at the script and ignore it. I knew the meaning of the line, so I would just change it, he said. A demo of the game is available on most major digital stores. And to find out more, you can visit the number 10 deaddoves.com. Columbia State Community College is excited to announce their summer camps at each of their campuses for 2023. The Columbia campus is hosting a 3D printing makerspace camp. This is a five-day camp designed to help students learn how to design and manufacture a product in addition to learning about marketing and selling the product. At the end of the camp, students will make a presentation to showcase their experience. Students do not need to have knowledge of AutoCAD or web design, but do need to feel comfortable using computers. During this camp, students will have fun while learning to work as a team. Also hosted by the Columbia campus is the Music from Around the World, a choir extravaganza camp. In this four-day camp, students will experience drumming, comprehend new piano skills, enjoy music games, and take part in choral singing while all learning music from around the world. For more information and to sign up, visit www.campusce.net forward slash Columbia State. It takes a large and dedicated team to pull off some of Columbia's downtown events, both big and small, but a lot of the work that goes into it typically happens behind the scenes. This includes keeping the streets clean, ensuring the large crowd remains safe, and that by the end, the streets are once again cleaned up and ready for another day. And it all occurs while most of us are either sleeping or moving on to the next thing after events like First Fridays, Mule Day, and the Columbia Main Street Christmas Parade have wrapped up. That's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Columbia's Public Works Department, which was recognized this month declaring May 21st through the 27th as the 63rd National Annual Public Works Week, which was made official with a proclamation from Mayor Chaz Mulder and the Columbia City Council. One thing we take for granted when we have large downtown events is, number one, the preparation that goes into those events, and number two, the cleanup that happens after those events. A lot of man hours are put into that, Mayor Mulder said. But that's not all they do, and so many things that are important to the overall governmental operation, he said. This year's Public Works Week theme, according according to the American Public Works Association, is Connecting the World Through Public Works, as a way to showcase the dedicated professionals employed in departments across the country, including Columbia. Public Works Administrative Assistant Donna Osmond and Sanitation Supervisor Josh Moore accepted the proclamation on the department's behalf. I do want to thank the council for recognizing public works, our employees, and the work that they do, Osmond said. We have also a lot of programs we have started throughout the city, and so you'll see us out and about at schools and community events. We invite everyone to come up and say hi. One of public works' newest programs was the recent Name a Snowplow contest, which Osmond said will return again later this year. We had so much fun with that, just the interaction with the public was outstanding, and from the school children, it was even better, Osmond said. 
Join Murray Alliance on Wednesday, May 24th at 8.30 a.m. in their downstairs conference room at 106 West 6th Street for a small business workshop on digital advertising hosted by High Beam Marketing. During this event, you will learn about the most important trends for 2023, get one-on-one help from our seasoned digital advertising experts, and understand how to evaluate potential agency partners. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just starting out, this workshop is for you. Bring questions related to your digital advertising strategy, and High Beam Marketing will point you in the right direction. You'll leave this workshop feeling empowered to take the right next steps. Spaces for this workshop are limited, and Chick-fil-A breakfast will be included, so be sure to register now to secure your spot. You can visit www.murrayalliance.com for more information. Meredith's Toy Box is hosting its Barbies and Hot Wheels annual toy drive through May 31st, benefiting Kids Place, a child advocacy center, which services children and their families affected by abuse in Murray... Murray, Giles, Lawrence, and Wayne Counties. Drop-off locations include Faith Fellowship Cumberland Presbyterian Church on Wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m., Columbia Farms Supply during normal business hours, Betty's Parkway Restaurant during normal business hours. Online donations can be made at Meredith's Toy Box on the Special Events tab at kpcac.org. For all items that need to be shipped, you can mail them to 614 West Point Road in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, The toy drive is in memory of Meredith Campbell Bybee. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. William Lee Jack Barron, 88, a retired educator and a resident of Columbia, died Saturday, April 15th at his son's residence in Manchester, Tennessee. A celebration of life service for Mr. Barron will be held at First Cumberland Presbyterian Church on Saturday, May 20th at 12 noon. The family will receive visitors from 10 to 12 noon at the church. Burial was at Polk Memorial Gardens on April 22nd. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. Douglas Milton Taylor, 87, a retired pharmacist for over 60 years and a resident of Columbia, passed away on Wednesday, May 17th. Funeral services for Mr. Taylor will be conducted on Sunday at 2 p.m. at Northview Church of Christ. Burial will follow in Rose Hill Cemetery. Visitation will be held on Saturday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Albert Paul Mall, 83, resident of Columbia, died Tuesday, May 16th at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Mall will be conducted on Monday at 2 p.m. at First United Methodist Church. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Monday from 12 until service time at the church. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. 
At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have overcast skies today with a slight chance of a rain shower. The high will reach 76 degrees with with winds out of the south at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies, giving way to showers and a possible thunderstorm overnight. The low will be around 65 degrees. The chance of overnight rain, 60%. For your weekend forecast, we will have showers on Saturday with a high of 71 degrees. About a quarter of an inch of rain is expected. Clouds will move out on Saturday night, giving us a sunny Sunday with a high of 79 degrees. Overnight weekend lows will be in the mid-50s. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover more news from right here in your hometown. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. 
Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. Let's continue with local news. Santa Fe School in rural Murray County will be celebrating their 100th birthday on Saturday, May 20th from 2 to 5 p.m. A parade of classes through the years will start at 2 and come through Santa Fe, down Fly Road, and by the school. Organizers are expecting many former alumni to participate. Everyone is invited to come watch the parade and join in on the fun afterwards. The event is free. There will be bounce houses, cupcakes, food trucks, guest speakers, and school tours. Once the event is over at 5, everyone who would like to can make their way to the gym for the Santa Fe alumni basketball game starting at 5.30 p.m. The cost of the alumni game is 5 bucks. I went to Santa Fe school from K through 12th grade, and I am so excited to be back teaching here. All of my family went to Santa Fe, my parents, grandparents, me, and now my own children, said teacher Rachel Kennedy. There really is something special about this town and the school. I feel that the school is what holds this community together. There is something we say, once a wildcat, always a wildcat. And that is so true, she said. If you ever attend a basketball game, you will certainly see that. We bleed black and gold here, she said. The African-American Heritage Society of Murray County announces a fundraising luncheon for the creation of an African-American museum and cultural center in Columbia. The fundraising luncheon is scheduled for Saturday, May 27th at 1145 a.m. at West 7th Street Church of Christ, located at 405 West 7th Street in Columbia. Tickets to the luncheon are free, though a $10 donation for a catered lunch is suggested. Funds raised from this event will help establish an African-American museum and cultural center in Murray County. Joanne McClellan, president of the African-American Heritage Society, serves as the featured speaker for this event. Her presentation is titled Making a Way for Themselves, Faith, Family, Education, and Entrepreneurship, and showcases the courageous stories of African Americans in Murray County. The event is co-sponsored by St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Columbia. The Society's vision is an indoor museum space to tell the stories of the struggles and triumphs of African Americans, said McClellan. The exhibits and programming will include stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things to build the African-American community by establishing churches, schools, businesses, and benevolent organizations, she said. Other presenters at the event will include Representative Scott Sapicki, the Reverend Father Chris Bowie from St. Peter's Episcopal Church, and Bishop Phoebe Ralph from the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. 
St. Peter's is delighted to be a part of raising the voices and stories of resilience, success, and influence in the African-American community in Columbia, both before and after the Civil War, said Father Bowie. The experience of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been particularly important to the African-American community in Murray County and has played a vital role not only in religion, but also in education. To register for the event, visit www.stpeters.org forward slash AAHSMC to register. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Come out for an afternoon of fun on Saturday, June 17th from 3 to 8 p.m. for the Highland Realm Farm Blueberry Bash. Visit the all-natural, biodynamic, chemical-free blueberry farm for blueberry picking, blueberry baking contests with cash prizes, food trucks, live music, kid zone, face painting, pony rides, archery tag, vendor booths, creek wading, door prizes, and a whole lot more. The cost is $10 per car. Pets on leashes are welcome. You can find the Highland Realm Blueberry Farm if you GPS the address 4443 Hampshire Pike in Hampshire, Tennessee. That will get you to the barn entrance. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great weekend.